We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Series, uh, and it's, you know, I, I analogize it to, you know, games against Jim Leland, who's a great friend, like a brother, and it's uncomfortable, it's distracting, so what you got to do is you just got... You got to tune it out. Be glad when the three games are over, but you got, I know they're going to take their best shot and we got to take ours, but you know, I know it's a different series. White Sox manager, Tony La Russa, talking about the Cubs, make that the White Sox and Cardinals tonight. Mark Grody with you here on Chicago sports radio, 670. The score bears talk. With Chris Emma coming up in about one hour from right now, 8 o'clock to be exact. Grobber at 9.30 tonight. We will transition with less in this time of transition for all of us. The Cubs are off tonight after the Cardinals series in St. Louis. Cubs are at Pittsburgh starting tomorrow. And yeah, Tony La Russa talking about the White Sox hosting St. Louis tonight. That game starts in about 10 minutes, so let's hurry up and talk about it. Chris Ranji has covered the White Sox, you know that, and the Cardinals, and he joins us right now. Chris, what can I do for you? I, uh, you called me. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You called right. me, Mark. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. What do you That's want from right. me? <laughs> yeah, Chris, what do you need? I Brandon Fryer, the producer, told me that he was calling you to get you on the radio. What can we do yeah, for okay. you? Is something wrong? What's going on? Damn, I don't know. I'll just hang up and listen. <laughs> you wouldn't. Uh, the This is actually going to be like two really hot series for the, the St. Louis Cardinals. And we'll talk about Cubs Cardinals here in just a second. But the the White Sox hosting St. Louis tonight, about 7-10, the start of a three-game series. Lance Lynn against Kwang Hyun Kim for the, the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. I guess I'll start with, what do you think about the the sentimental value of both Tony La Russa going up against the Cardinals, where he had such hyper-success, and then you relate that to the fact that he has not had that, he's had very very loud moments with the White Sox. What do you think about this this moment for Tony La Russa and the juxtaposition between the two managerial gigs? Certainly, I think it's interesting, this series, just for that. And, and, and honestly, it might be more interesting for Cardinals fans than it will be for Sox fans. I mean, you know, he's the current manager of the team, and I don't think there's a novelty there anymore. I am, if there was a novelty even to begin 
Uh, to begin with, I'm, I'm not sure how many people were truly excited about him becoming the manager of the White Sox, but I think for Cardinals fans, it's more of uh, an opportunity to, you know, kind of see what this is all about because it's, you know, you, you win a couple of World Series with the team and then you're completely out of the game for a decade. And I mean, he, you know, he had been in front offices or at least, uh, you know, in, in uh, you know, higher up positions, but he hasn't been in a dugout in over a decade. So it's just, it, it'll be interesting for them to see him in a different uniform. And so there's going to be some nostalgia there, I think, you know, for, for Cardinals fans, but I kind of think that's where it stops. You know, it, it, here's what's interesting. Um, for me, interacting with the Cardinals fans and the Cardinals media that I know, and and you're you know you're right you're right in the thick of it in Chicago, so you pretty much know how a lot of people locally feel about him right now. And it's not, I mean, there are some people who like him, but I think it's it, it's more unfavorable than favorable. I would say I think it's fair to say that. Um, down in St. Louis, it's different. You know, they still revere him. You know, they still look at him in a in a positive way, and it's almost like they can't believe. Uh, Chicago hasn't embraced him and like what's wrong with Chicago and I find it very similar to the relationship Cubs fans have with Dexter Fowler Mm -hmm. and when Dexter wasn't playing well for the Cardinals he had a his good first season was he he did play very well he had some defensive issues but he played well Um, second season and from there on out I mean he really he really never lived up to what he was signed for. So I don't think the relationship is as favorable with Cardinals fans and Dexter. And you would get a lot of Cubs fans say, Dex, if they don't, you know, we still love you. Come back home. We love you. And I'm thinking, you know, if he was playing this way for you, I don't think you'd be as nice to him as <laughs> as you think you would be. And uh-huh. I think, and, and for Cardinals fans, I feel like, how can you say that about Tony? And I'm like, well, if it had gone the first couple of months for you, the way it went for Tony, um, you know, here, I don't think you'd be as favorable toward him either. So I find those situations kind of similar in how the two cities are reacting to their former guys, you know. Um, yeah. But it's, it, it's because down here in St. Louis, they can't, under, they can't even possibly understand how you would dislike Tony La Russa because this man wins everywhere he goes and you know i I think you know you're watching Sox games every night you can see why people are upset with the way this has started the team has is in a lot of ways i think um i I don't i don't know if it's a if it's an unkind thing to say but i think they're winning in spite of him in a lot of ways can they maintain that because i was just saying like it, it it's very possible that the, the White Sox are going to continue to stay in first place, and it could get even better. The margin could get wider. And then when July rolls around, assuming there are no incidents between now and then, they things might be in great shape, and this, this might be forgotten. Is that possible, yeah. or is this a permanent stain? No, it's, it's possible. It, you're, that absolutely could happen. I, I look at the 2015 World Series and Kansas City, what they had for, for the couple of years around 2015, and then, you know, having it culminate in, in winning a championship. Ned Yost, for a lot of people and locally in Kansas City, was regarded as a very bad manager. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there wasn't a whole lot of, uh, I, I don't want to say respect. I don't think that's the right word because I do think people within the game respected him. 
but there just wasn't ever a feeling that he was particularly good at that job. They still won a World Series, and they were still good around it. And I think you can, if your if your bullpen is really good, and it's just kind of you know you it, it's plug and play. You know who you're going to go to, uh, you know in in the seventh. You know who you're going to go to in the eighth. You know what the ninth is going to look like. Your pitching staff is really good, and your offense does just enough. I don't think it, it matters how great your manager is, to be honest. But it, it's in the margins. You know, what, what managers really can do is help you not so much win games in the margins, but they can, they can take care of the little stuff enough that it doesn't become a problem for you. You know what I'm saying? Like You know exactly what I'm saying. Like It's, yeah, it's, it's a good manager. And, and I, we uh, interviewed Rick Sutcliffe on uh, Inside the Clubhouse. Bruce and I did a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about this thing. And, and Rick was talking about how um, the best thing you can do as a manager is stay, oh, stay out of the way of your team. If your team is good, let them, go, let them be good. And, and, you know, don't, don't screw it up because you're probably not going to single-handedly win games. And I think that absolutely could happen with this White Sox team. They, they might win in spite of him, um, or they, maybe, maybe he gets better as the year goes on. Maybe he settles in, and, and he does yeah. do the job better. But, yeah, I don't think that this is a foregone conclusion he's going to tank their season or anything, but I can understand why people are not happy with the way it started. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. And we've seen this in the past where managers have come in and it's sort of tangled at first and then things it kicks in as baseball is wont to do just because of, of the amount, the volume of games. Chris Ranji joining us here on The Score. I'm Mark Grody with you until 10 o'clock. Did you take anything away, or I should say, what did you take away from the White Sox being swept by the Yankees over the weekend? Well, I, I mean, the only thing I really take away from it is that the Yankees are really good, and they're now hitting their stride. Um, I thought that team was going to be good at the beginning of the season, and that's obviously uh, playing out right now. I, I don't think it means anything about the two teams, and I don't think it necessarily means the Yankees are far and away better than the White Sox, but I do think, despite the fact they had that one game where they scored 16 runs, that's an offense that, you know, it, it, it really hasn't been special lately. I mean, they haven't scored a ton of runs. I mean, you can go back and look at uh, where they are offensively compared to the rest of the league, and the numbers look great. You know, the offensive numbers for the White Sox look really good, but you can point to the last couple of weeks, and there's a lot of three-run games and four-run games, and then, you know, getting shut out, and then one run or two runs. And I think they're going to have to just do better than that. But I don't think the series is an indication that the Yankees are just far and away better than they are. Obviously, when you don't have Eloy and you don't have Luis Robert available for most of the season, if at all, um, that those are that's two pretty big hits that you're taking. Um, so I think that does affect them. But I don't think it means anything in terms of of New York just being so much better than where the White Sox are. I'd like to see what happens as the season goes on. Yeah, I think, and I still think pound for pound, the White Sox are better than the Yankees, but they they certainly heated up over the, like, the good parts started being good for the Yankees during that sweep, and, you know, the coming into this year, last White Sox question for you, Ranji, the, the, yeah. we all thought, and it still could occur, that the White Sox bullpen, we thought it was going to be great. I mean, Steve Stone at the beginning of the year said, no, not top five, top two. 
Do you think that this bullpen, the arms that they have, do you think that they're going to get it together, or do they need to augment at some point? Well, uh, again, going statistically, um, they have been pretty good all year, but I do think that at the trade deadline or prior to it, I think you're probably going to see them get some relief help. I know a lot of people probably want them to get um, an outfield bat. That's probably going to be difficult to do. I don't, so I don't know if they're going to go that direction. But the one thing they can do is help themselves by getting an arm. I don't know who that arm is going to be, but there would be nothing wrong with solidifying that bullpen, especially as volatile as they can be. Um, I, I can understand the concern that Liam Hendricks, for the, for the entire season, has just not really been the guy they paid for. And that's a little concerning, and and it makes sense to be somewhat concerned about that. So the best thing they're going to be able to do, I think, prior to the deadline, whatever that is, and, and I guess it could even be as early as next month, I mean, um, or, you know, early next month. I mean, who, who knows? Who knows who's going to be ready to sell? A lot of teams hang on a little bit longer than they used to. But um, I think they should absolutely look into solidifying that, maybe getting themselves an arm or two that can help out. Because right now, it's the, the bullpen is fine, but I think they need it to be really good as they go deeper into the season, especially with those two guys out that we talked about a moment ago. If you don't have as much offense, you're going to need your pitching staff to be that much better. So you can upgrade the bullpen, and I think they should and probably will do that. And that brings us over to the the Cubs because their bullpen has been really good lately, and they have a star in the bullpen in Craig Kimbrell. And I, I guess that's where I will start. Guys like Craig Kimbrell and Chris Bryan and Wilson Contreras and Jock Peterson, like all Rizzo, even all these guys, are open game for potential trades. Whether this year. Well, it would have to be this year before some of these guys go into to free agency. Because, as you know, from watching Cubs Cardinals and uh, and this division, the National League Central is average. And it is there to be taken really for three or four teams right now. Should the Cubs, if they're close still, should they go for it? Or do you think that they should, they'd be better off trading some of their, their heavies off of their roster? Well, uh, I mean, I personally... If I got to make the decision, I would go for it. There are two games out right now. Yeah. And I, I just – I think the Cardinals are a good team. Um, I don't they're, – they're, as you said, that, that division is just kind of painfully average. Okay? And I don't think that's going to change. I don't, I don't think any team in that division has the capability of running away with it. The Cardinals are probably going to have some pitching issues as time goes on. Miles Michaelis, uh, they're probably not going to have him for a while. I mean, he's, you know, he, he had the, the arm injury a year and a half ago, and now it's hurting again after all that time off and then trying to come back. So I just, I don't, I don't think they're going to, you're going to see him very much. Um, you don't know what Carlos Martinez is going to be for the full season. Adam Wainwright is just kind of Adam Wainwright, but he's also getting older. So they've got a lot of issues or potential issues when it comes to the pitching staff. So this is still a very, as flawed as the Cubs are, this is still a winnable division for them. I would take that chance and and just keep going because even if you are able to work out a deal for Bryant or any of these other guys who are going to be free agents soon for Javi, for anybody, um, I, I'm not 
sure what kind of return you really get. I don't know that you're going to get a, a a return that sets up the franchise for the next five to ten years. You know, and I said, to me, that's that's the only way you do that. That's the only way you say goodbye to this current iteration of the Cubs is if you think you're going to get returns that might set you up for the next several years and beyond. And I just don't I don't think that happens uh, when you've got guys who are coming up on their free agent years. So to me, you might as well just roll with it, roll with it. it if, if they're still a game or two out of first place and you're getting close to the deadline, I, I, I think it'd be a very difficult sell for a lot of people to break up this Cubs team with those guys that have been as important and are still young. I mean, we're not talking about dudes who are in their mid-30s here. Right, right. We're talking about guys who still have, you know, they're kind of like in their primes. You know, so I, I, I think you're playing a bit of a dangerous game if you're the Cubs and you decide to trade one or multiple of, of that group of players and try to move on from the season. I, I know they got pitching issues, but this division kind of, man. I mean, compared yeah. to the rest of them, uh, it's well, and you're only two games back, and I really don't think you're that much worse than the Cardinals are. And everybody thinks the best team in the division. I, I just don't think they're the best team by much. Yeah, what what did you take away, other than that, maybe, what did you take away from Cubs-Cardinals this weekend? The Cubs take take two out of three with a very exciting game last night, obviously, but w- was there any obvious takeaways from Cubs-Cardinals Part 1 2021? They're beatable. The Cardinals are beatable. And for a team that was playing as well as it was, they've now lost. Uh, six of their last 10 and two of those came against the Cubs. I mean, they were playing really good ball for two, three weeks leading up to, um, you know, this, this past week and then uh, into the Cubs series. They're, it's just, they're a beatable team and they're certainly beatable within the division. They've got a couple of really scary bats in the middle of their lineup. So do the Cubs. So I, I think that's really all it says that, that if you were going into this season as a Cubs fan, feeling like, oh, man, the Cardinals got Arenado. Damn, it's going to be really difficult this year. Uh, your your team isn't that far off. They just aren't. And, I, and in fact, you can make the argument they're not really all that much worse, if at all, than the Cardinals. You could even say maybe they're just as good. So um, I, I think, again, you can't take a ton away from the weekend. It doesn't mean everything, but it does mean that you can beat that team in a series. Ranji, you're the goods, man. Thanks for coming on I, with me. I appreciate Mark, you calling in. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I really am the goods, huh? <laughs> Chris, give me ten reasons why you think you're the goods. <laughs> Count them down. Oh, ten to one. Oh, uh, man, I wish you would have asked me this. Uh, could have prepared well, I'll tell you what, you could uh, you could text it in and I'll I'll read it. I mean, Chris, I've we've known each other since what, the 80s? So like it I, yeah. I know a lot about you, but I, I I feel like I could name 10 great things about you, but I want you to have the self-esteem to name those things yourself and I will read them on the air here at the score. Okay, I'll see what I can come up with before your show's over. I'm over okay. to you, buddy. By the way, are you going to be and, on the radio anytime soon in these parts? Is there anything yeah, that you'd like uh, to plug or talk about or tell us? Yeah, I'll be on uh show you got on, on Sundays, Hit and Run. I'm going to be on. 
I'll be on Hit and Run this Sunday, the 30th. Oh, awesome. You're hosting or you're just going to be on? No, I, but it's, it's my show for the day. I don't know. Who, whoever oh. does it is is not going to be there. So okay. it's going to be. All right. Chris? 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock. Oh, yeah. Yes. Till till 1245, I think. That sounds great, man. That that last forty five minutes is always a killer, though. That like just like because it like noon is such a great time just to be done. You're like, oh crap, forty five more minutes of this, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Call yeah, me I'm if you just need gonna to call me. Oh, actually, I probably will. We'll talk bears. <laughs> okay, good, good. <laughs> uh, by the way, Come Justin on. Fields. Justin Fields, should he start oh. September twelfth, or are you still like Andy Dalton? I love Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is the best. Are you still going with that? Oh my God! Yeah, Andy Dalton. Let me tell you this about Andy Dalton. Yeah. He is going to blow your mind, Grody. Just how? No, honestly, you know what they should do? Just yeah, they me. should let Justin Justin Fields should do whatever he wants. They should say, "What do you want to do, Justin?" And he says, "I want to start." And they say, "Okay, what else do you want?" And then he says, "I want you to buy me a, a penthouse in the nicest building downtown." And they should say, "Okay." Okay, great. I want a Rolls Royce. Okay, we got that too. Whatever he wants, they should do, because he's you know going to save the Bears. Dude, you know what? Like considering player what? empowerment and the fact that we we all kind of project that Justin Fields is going to be pretty good, and in four years mm-hmm. we got the pay. It's not a bad idea. I mean, like seeing the quarterbacks of Deshaun Watson before he got in trouble, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, you know, quarterbacks are only going to become more and more powerful. So guess what, Chris? I think you're right. Give him what he wants. Yeah, yeah. Because if he's anything less than a Hall of Famer, I'll be shocked. (laughs) After year one. Hey, Hey, how's that that for pressure? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're not just going to be a successful Bears quarterback. You you have Hall of Fame expectations. God, he what is. Are we doing? He is. I'll tell you what he. I'll tell you what we're doing. We have we have decided he is the Bears Theo Epstein. Oh my! God. Coming in, he's just he's going to change that franchise, man. Sustained success. S- sustained success. He may never Every lose year. a game if we're being honest. Right. Every year is super sacred. Yeah. He'll change it a little bit. Uh, Chris, Brandon Fryer has told me like four times now to break. He keeps, you got to go to break. break. You got to go break. Goodbye. Break. Goodbye. Break. See you, Chris. There Quit you go. Crying. Chris. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> See you later, Chris. That is the one and only Chris Ranji, who will be hosting Hit and Run for Matt Spiegel on Sunday from 9 until 1245. I'm telling you, that 45 minutes, that's a trip right there. That that messes with your head when you've got the an extra ten minutes can mess with your head in this business. So hey hey, good luck to Chris Ranji. I got a break. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. This is Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score six seventy. The score. Where Chicago's head coaches and managers come to talk. Matt Nagy. Whoever makes the Bears the best team, that's what we're gonna go with. Tony Larusa. It's all about twenty twenty one. Comes manager David Ross. The goal is to win a World Series. Billy Donovan, the head coach of the Chicago Bulls. I think I learned a lot, went through a lot dealing with this pandemic. Jeremy Colleton. Didn't really expect much this year from the Blackhawks. And to our credit, we found a way to win. That's part of managing. Keep listening for more from the leaders of Chicago's teams. Talking to the score team on Sports Radio. 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. 
This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. The other thing to notice, Eric Backus, only 5'7", 170 pounds. When you think about umpires, a lot of them are very tall. 5'7 is not the profile for a major league umpire. You, you have Tim McCullen, uh, Jordan Baker, Jerry Lane, Ted Barrett. So many of them are over 6'2", 6'3". In some cases, like uh, Baker, 6'7", McCullen, 6'6". So as a short umpire, shorter umpire, it's tougher to see over catchers, especially a tall catcher like a Sandy Alomar or a Joe Maurer. To Grody Show here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score until 10 o'clock tonight. Talking Bears in half an hour with Chris Emoff, 670thescore.com. He is on the Bears beat. We have another OTA, or actually I should say the first set of OTAs coming up June 1 through the 3rd. That is next Tuesday, Wednesday, and then highlight Thursday because that is the day on which we are allowed to, as beat reporters, go to Lake Forest and watch the Bears and Justin Fields practice. So we will preview some of that with Chris Emma and see what's on his mind about the Bears, and he has been covering a lot of the baseball as well. So we'll spray to a couple of different fields with Emma coming up in a half an hour from right now. 312-644-6767 is the number. I got a question for you about national announcers, and that was Alex Rodriguez talking about tall umpires from the game last night because Eric Backus, wakey, wakey, Backus. That actually makes sense from last night. Uh, But anyway, Eric Backus had a rough night last night. And, um, but Matt Vaskersian and A-Rod have received a lot of criticism last night. Like just being on Twitter, anytime there are, national announcers specifically when it's like seemingly baseball more than other sports but really in any sport and we'll just keep it Chicago everybody hates the national announcers and I'm not saying I like the national announcers I I like you prefer when it's the local guys but I actually like when you have the intermittent national perspective let's kick back and see what the the broad view is the general narrative like you're not going to get minutiae from those announcers like the really inside cubs or inside white Sox or inside bears bulls whatever blackhawks it's just not going to happen it's just not the way it works but i always find it like if i had to choose like tonight i think White Sox Cardinals game on right now. I think it's local and it's on ESPN. I might watch it on ESPN just to get just to hear what they're saying. Like what what are like we do that all the time on the score. Let let's have national so and so national reporter on to get the national perspective on our local teams. So why people take the national announcers so damn seriously? always befuddles me because it seems like it's a very stressful evening for you of watching a sport when it's the national announcers when it shouldn't be take it for what it is your team is being spotlighted probably because they're good in a lot of cases except for football because it's 
all national or regional, however you want to term that. But just take it for what it is. This is this is how they see it. This is how the country views you. This is how Joe Schmo in Philadelphia probably views your team. So it's kind of, it's just take it as interesting. And I know that A Rod has his ridiculous moments like like that one going through short umpires and he says a lot of ridiculous things but you know everybody talks about like wanting to be entertained by sports and don't take it too seriously but then we do take it very seriously we take a rod way too seriously instead of taking it for what it is and just laughing and having fun with it and there's just there's just no need to get mad at it and i'm thinking to myself and i'd love to know like what are there national announcers that you like? 312-644-6767 to text or to call. And I'm thinking about this. There's, I mean, I like a lot of the national announcers. There's not a lot of guys that I don't hate A-Rod, okay? I'm that guy. Like I, Because I feel like I have the skill of taking it for what it is and allowing myself to be entertained by it as opposed to be angered by it. Like so many people are taking it so damn seriously, even though it's, it's going to happen, what, five or six times for your team? Maybe where you got to deal with that? Like, I just, like, I, I, it blows me away that people take it so seriously. I think the last time I remember a, like, a national, national announcer is, like, really resonating with Chicago fans, and this goes back way too far, a time that we probably have to go to way too often, and quite frankly, that was the 80s Bears when it was Pat Summerall and Joe Madden. Bears fans love those guys, love those guys. But with the announcers of now, even the even the football guys, national football guys, and the Bears will be on national TV five times this year, and everybody will criticize and rip them and, and break down what they're saying. But you got to look at it differently from a standpoint of entertainment where it's A-Rod and just a, a snapshot of, of what because they all get the same notes like i watched the 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 cubs game on fox on saturday and then the espn game on sunday and both you could tell like both announcer groups were reading from the same notes they kept talking about like joe buck kept talking about and john smoltz about the Cardinals swinging too much early. And then you had the same thing from Matt Veskersion and A-Rod. So I'm like, okay. I mean, th- this is broadcasters reading the national notes, maybe watching a little bit, maybe listening to sports talk radio. They do do that because we give the pulse and we're, we're right on top of it, reading, obviously. So they're, they're going to regurgitate a lot of the headlines, and that's going to be the perspective they're going to give. So just take it as, as amusement and that snapshot as as well. 312-644-6767 is the number. One other thing, too, that when I was talking to Ranji about the the different or t- the different Tony LaRussos, the St. Louis LaRussa, and now obviously the, the White Sox LaRussa, if you recall back in 2007 when Lou Pinella took over the Cubs and that was a great year. They had a great year in 2007, but it didn't start well. Like, it was a very mixed-up team at first. Lou was trying to 
find his footing with the team, trying to find the right lineup, the right places, the right bullpen, everything, and then it just blasted off. It was never bad in that first year under Lou Pinella, but it wasn't particularly great right away. And then it just, bla- like, regular season-wise, it totally blasted off for for two years. So I think that's the hope with with Tony La Russa. And then as far as, like, St. Louis people being like, I can't believe that they're ripping on Tony La Russa in Chicago. It would be like if when Joel Quenville left Chicago after winning big here in Chicago and then going to Florida, if in Florida they were just ripping him and just, just going off on him. It would have been that, – that would be the comp. From the 702 um, – giving a couple of national announcers that people actually like because I've lost faith that you like anybody. Joe Buck is great too, says the 702. Um, John Madden. Did I say Joe Madden? Maybe I must have. But anyway, somebody says John Madden uh, right there. Uh, From the 630, A-Rod sounds like he watches one game a week. That's why I'd rather listen to those games on mute. Breen. Van Gundy and Jackson are fun to listen to, those NBA announcers right there. Yeah, I think Breen is good. Um, And I also agree with you that A-Rod does sound a little bit underprepared. However, he's giving you entertainment, and he is A-Rod. And guess what? Guess what? Something tells me that is, is not going to last for. A-Rod seems like a guy who is motivated to do a lot of different things, and I don't know that being a baseball color guy on national TV for the Sun, for Sunday Night Baseball is something that he will want to see as being something sustainable. But, yeah, lo- love to know who you like as far as national announcers are concerned. 312-644-6767. Let us begin. When we return, let's start to get into the Chicago Bears because we're going to have Chris Emma coming up at 8 o'clock. Aaron Rodgers was supposed to be at an OTA today. He wasn't at an OTA today, so we'll talk about that. We'll get into the Bears. It's Mark Grody on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Mully and Hall, Chicago's number one and most listened to sports morning show, period. Steve Stone, is it wrong to look for help outside this particular group right now? You know, the guys you lost are consequential players to this team. Nobody has really made that consequential trade at this point. It's well too early to do that if you're going to give away part of your future to get something right now. Mully and Hall, mornings 5 to 9 a.m. on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago's sports station and Odyssey station. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago's sports station. I think the AL Central is going to be a lot tougher than, than people imagine it to be top to bottom. It will be tougher. The White Sox are better this year, though. They're deeper. They're more experienced. Listen, you don't bring in a guy like Tony La Russa if you do not want to win now. You know, Longtime owner Jerry Reinsdorf is 85. I mean, it reminds you of Mike Illich with Detroit a few years ago where they're going to go win now. They're not in rebuild mode. And that's exciting for White Sox fans. Matt Vasgersian, Alex Rodriguez calling Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN like they do. They were on it for Cubs Cardinals last night. Bears talk in 15 minutes from right now, 8 o'clock, with... The score is Chris Emma. I'm Mark Grody with you on the score. Are there any national announcers that you actually like? 
312-644-6767, because Twitter is just full of disgust <laughs> every time Sunday Night Baseball comes through. And it's similar with other national announcers who call games for our teams. And I actually like hearing the national perspective, the national narrative, what they're saying about our teams. Again, we do it on the radio where we have a national guy or gal on to give us the, just to see what everybody else is saying. So why not take it in stride a little bit more instead of all the anger? My God, I I don't think I want to be on Twitter anymore for national, especially Sunday night baseball. And and just enjoy A-Rod for the entertainment factor. All right? All right? Um, 312-644-6767. Let us uh, take some of your calls uh, right here. And it is Tiger in Barrington. Hi, Tiger. You're on the score with Mark Grody. What's going on, man? Uh, Just hanging out here, Mark. How are you? I am doing well. Good. And uh, I just want to make a comment on the cut you played earlier from A-Rod. And I don't necessarily like or dislike A-Rod. He was a great player. But that comment about trouble seeing over the 6'5 catcher when you're 5'7 is problematic. It could uh-huh. be the stupidest thing I've heard in the history of sports broadcasting. <laughs> Just, I mean, a- A-Rod may not have noticed, but for the uh-huh. past 150 years, when catchers catch the ball, they're in a crouch. So Sandy Alomar is not 6'5. He's about right. three, three foot five. <laughs> and, and ironically... Just the opposite is true, that taller umpires have a more difficult time calling balls and strikes because of the angle. If you're a 6'5 umpire and you're looking down at a low strike, you may not call that as much as a shorter umpire might. So the 5'7 umpire should be much better at calling balls and strikes than the 6'5 umpire. (laughs) A-Rod's an idiot. (laughs) Thanks for the call, Tiger. That was... That was funny. Um, you're right. But here, here's the thing. Like, And maybe I'm just like, maybe this is my gift from God that I, that I can channel things like that into, as opposed to pounding your, how could he say that? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard to. That's hilarious that he just said that, that he said it with, with the authority that he said it with. Like, like this, like this is fact. I mean, talk about fact checking and this ain't politics. This is just sports. So when you, when you channel it differently and look at it like that, think about how, and how universally ever, like, I think when I heard that, I was like, like in real time, I was like, huh, I have never heard anything like that. And I don't know if it's true, but that sure is interesting. Uh, but Tiger put it put it pretty well, I think, in in what he said. <laughs> yeah, I guess everybody's about what did he say? Three foot five. All right, let's go to Chris in Milwaukee. Hi, Chris, you're on the score. Hey, how are you, Grody? Good, man. What's up? Um, I would say Bukshami is one of my favorite uh, national announcers, and uh, he's somebody I, I like. And then also, you mentioned Buck and Smolt. They're a great team. Um, but A-Rod, he's in it for himself. He's just, he's entertaining himself and he's out there and he, he wants to sound very intelligent and he'll say whatever he wants to say, whether he's right or wrong. Like uh-huh. the, the example that Tiger was just talking about just made no sense. Yeah, it's true, Chris. Thanks. Thanks very much for the call. 
It's interesting, too. You're right. He's in it for himself. Let's, let's take that for a second. I'm trying to figure out, like, it seems like Alex Rodriguez, and maybe the, maybe I'm just saying this because he was with Jennifer Lopez and not anymore and all, but I'm just trying to figure out why, like, does he need to use sports as his vehicle? It would seem like he would have, like, sort of shuttled off into something entertainment, like, tried to get, and maybe he has tried to, like, do the Shaquille O'Neal where he's just, like, a commercial star or get into something, like, one of the one of the many, you know, shows on network television where he could be a judge in one of those. It seems like, like he's almost like it's ironic because he was a great baseball player and a great athlete and a good a a sports guy. It's ironic because it feels like he would be better off in some one of those simple entertainment you know, venues, Dancing with the Stars, all the all the many shows that are out now, some sort of A-Rod reality TV, like maybe sports is is not for him. Um, and I don't disagree, like <laughs> with, with what Tiger said or with what Chris said. There is ridiculousness, but I just, I actually just find it funny and I allow myself to sit back and and be entertained by it but yeah uh, i love joe buck and john smoltz they're very good together um i i don't mind matt baskersion i think he's pretty good i think he's got a sense of humor and um yeah no those guys are good and somebody mentioned on the text line tony romo yeah yeah very good proper enthusiasm and just enough insight and there's an entertainment factor that exists with him as well eric near woodstock illinois hi eric you're on the score Hey, Grody, go you Redbirds. Yeah, man. ISU. Um, <laughs> so I have, a, I have a, a quick, I have three takes here. And um, number one, I don't know if this is going to be super popular. The last caller kind of mentioned it. But I actually like listening to Joe Buck for a couple of reasons. Um, a, I'll always hear his voice during that last play of the 2016 World Series. Yeah. And B, I know a lot of Chicago fans think that he doesn't like the Cubs or that he discriminates against them. But if you were to ask St. Louis Cardinal fans, they would also all say that he's obsessed with Javi Baez and he doesn't <laughs> like the right. Cardinals at all. So uh-huh. you know, it's kind of an even keel, familiar voice that I enjoy listening to to call postseason baseball um, and those and those Saturday Fox games. And then number two, and I think a lot of this has to do with Danny Parkins, but I like listening to Kevin Harlan because I'm always waiting to see if he's going to say good or if he's going to say cod. And I'm always <laughs> anticipating which one it might be. And then uh-huh. the third one, and it's more nostalgic, is just Bob Costas calling NBA Finals basketball back in oh, the day yeah. when Jordan was playing. There's just something soothing about his voice hearing him talk Finals basketball. Chris, great call, and note, I mean, excuse me, Eric, great call. I appreciate that. Hope things are well near Woodstock, and indeed, go Redbirds. Yeah, Bob Costas, man, one of the, the, the goats. And it's funny because NBA-wise, he probably is not, like, he probably would be somewhere on the top ten list, I guess, but there are many NBA announcers who have been better than Bob Costas, but he's correct, Eric is, because because he was part of, 
Bulls history, there is a sweet place, I think, for Bulls fans with Bob Costas. And Bob Costas is just not going to screw anything up, you know. I'm sure that there were holes poked in some of the things that he did and said, but for the most part, he's just not, he's going to do a straight-up good broadcast because he's Bob damn Costas, and that's the way it goes. 312-644-6767. Mark Rody talking about national announcers. When they announce teams in Chicago, who do you actually like? Because I get the feeling that everybody is hated. But I'm learning a little bit more tonight about why and some of the guys that you do like. Joe, you are on the score. What's going on, man? Hey, how you doing? I'm great. Anyway, um, the only, you know what? It, it's never going to impact the game one way or another. But what really amuses me is when you've got these guys telling you uh, what the next pitch is going to be, when they've got a camera that's coming right over the pitcher's shoulder, looking at the catcher, flashing the signs and all that. And, it, and it's like, come on. <laughs> it, of course they know. Why uh-huh. do they change signs when a guy's on second base and all that? It's, you know, it, they're not smart. They're just doing what they've been doing since they were 14. Right. It's, well, it's funny you say that. That's, in, that's very interesting because I remember Steve Stone first time around with the Cubs when I was young and watching Harry and Steve or Chip and Steve. And Steve was like the first announcer that I remember doing such things where he was and it was like, oh, my God, he he knows what's coming. And they're not always looking at the signs. Um but I, I, I'm sure that there, there are times, uh, and thanks for the call. I, I'm sure that there are times when they, they, they just literally know what's coming. But, I, I mean, in a lot of cases, I, I do think that they are anticipating these things and they are well-schooled in it and they've played it in enough games, most of these guys, to be built, able to anticipate and to have that card trick um, in their basket at all times. But... Yeah, I mean, I, I've definitely fallen for it, but that, that's that's an interesting that's an interesting way to to look at it. And you know, Tony Romo is did a lot of that. I remember in his first year where he was calling out what was going to happen based on what the defense looked up, and I think he realized he you just can't do that on every play. You can't use the trick every time for every play. You got to kind of pace yourself when it comes to uh, such things. All right, let's take a break. When we, this has been fun. This actually, this little segment went better than I thought it would go. I wasn't sure if this would just be me talking and then we move on to something else. So great calls, great text messages, but let's move on to Bears. Coming up next, Chris Emma of 670thescore.com will join me here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Good! T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.